we just heard this story about uh, John the Baptist calling the people in, in Advent as we're preparing for Christmas. We know that John the Baptist comes out and welcomes people to the sea, but he comes with this challenging word, this invitation. And uh, baptism is really a central identity, identifier of what it means to be a person of faith. Um, and I just figure, what a great opportunity to talk about it. We could talk about this all the time. I'll admit, I'm a huge fan of baptisms. I love baptisms. And it might have to do with our tradition having like little babies often here. I don't know if you notice, but I just think kids are hilarious. Particularly babies are wildly unexpected. You never know what they're going to do. A little behind, ba- a little, like, you know, behind baseball, what I tell you, I put warm water sometimes in the font almost all the time when we do a baptism because holy cow is it shocking to be splashed with cold water in the morning by some dude wearing all that white. And I would go, and they're like, oh, that's nice, which is what we're going for. But um, that's kind of what we do with baptism is it's supposed to be this experience of, oh, that's nice. That's lovely. Loving your neighbor, loving your enemy. Those are uh, hard things that Jesus asks us to do, but this just seems so doable. Another sacrament is the table where we take bread and wine and remember. That's something that's not, not just give your jacket, give your shirt too, which is so hard. Jesus asks so many challenging things of us. But this just seems like something we can really do. We can do this with love and excitement. We can do this with hope. I don't know about you, but I get really emotional at baptisms. Emily, I apologize. This probably makes you cry every time we do a baptism, right? My wife cries every time. She's very much like a Pastor Pat. You remember Pastor Pat would weep at every baptism, which is totally appropriate. Show of hands, who cries at baptisms? Right? It's just so powerful. It's so lovely. I'm not alone in saying it's probably my favorite thing about worship. Baptism. When John was baptizing people, this wouldn't have been a completely foreign thing. Wouldn't have been new to people. They would understand this idea of, uh, of bathing themselves. There was the ceremonial mikvah of cleansing oneself before uh, offering a sacrifice, a ceremonial cleansing, a washing. But something about John's was different. It was particularly what they said in this reading. John came providing a baptism of repentance. It wasn't about ticking some box of cleanliness. It was about changing your heart, turning away from something. Pastor Lauren had that great sermon of all the people leaving the city, coming out to the River Jordan. They leave the city and come out to the outskirts of society, the outskirts, the same river their ancestors would have passed through in order to enter the holy city. John says, come back. Remember who you are. It's a turning. I, ooh. So powerful. That's not just some box tick. It's meaningful. It's a transformation. It's about a changing of your heart. We want to be better. We want to love better. Um, I think it's very appropriate. We talked about this at the beginning of a new year. Because a lot of times with New Year's resolutions, um, some of you have probably already given up on your New Year's resolution already. I I would consider myself one of those. But um, (laughs) I'll, I'll just carry on. Forget it. Forget I said that. Um, no. Uh, in New Year's resolutions, we make these hopes of who we're going to be in the next year, in this next ride around the sun, who we're going to be, what we're going to do, what we're going to try to refrain from. Maybe we're going to exercise more. Maybe we're going to stop drinking so much caffeine, you know, whatever that thing is. Our hope is that we would be something 
different, transformed for the coming year so that we loved better, we lived better, we were more aware, more mindful. Who knows? I think that's so appropriate then when we talk about baptism as well. We talk about that moment of pausing and reflecting to consider our next steps, and we do this remembering of our baptism yearly to remember that our next steps are important. So, I worry, though, that baptism is sometimes seen as a finish line. Uh, When I was in North Dakota as a pastor, there would be at the farm church like four generations of this family. And I will tell you, there is nothing mightier than a great-grandma who's concerned about the baptism of her great-grandchild. Do you know about this? Have you witnessed this? Yes, you have. You're like, grandmas are serious forces to be reckoned with because they're like, it's time to baptize that baby. If it didn't happen like this, oh my goodness. They heard about it and I'd be like, I'm talking with the parents. I'm not going to like set, look, I'm not going to finger wag them. They're going to figure it out. They're going to get there. And they're like, ooh, it's time. Which always frustrated me because shouldn't we be excited about baptism? It shouldn't be this thing about anxiety or frustration, I started recognizing what it was, was fire insurance. Do you know what I'm talking about? You get that baby baptized before something terrible happens. And I'm like, what? What is that? That's not even our theology. I'm, I, I will ask, what one of you thinks if something terrible happens to a child, God's going to be like, hello, welcome to heaven. Oh, you weren't baptized. Sorry. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, bud. That's not going to happen. That's not our theology God loves. That's, that's pretty much central. Pastor Lauren said, name of Jesus, which is love. Can you imagine that kind of attitude? So it's, it's hard for me. And that's why, for me, one of the things I do, I talk to a lot of folks about baptism, is it is not a finish line. It's not fire insurance. It's not something you got to get the kid dunked real quick or else. No, it's a starter's pistol. It starts a journey. It starts a race. It starts this obedience to what it means to be a person of faith. It's not a finish line. It's the beginning of something. And that's a turn I think a lot of us sometimes need to think about. Especially now in this new year, we have a new year facing us. Baptism, I'll tell you a story. When I was teaching a child about baptism one time, he was, well, it was actually, no, it was a, it was a children's sermon in North Dakota. There was a bunch of kids and we were talking about baptism. And this little kid, he loved superheroes. Do we have some kids who love superheroes here? Superheroes are awesome. I'm very biased. I think superheroes are awesome too. Check out my office if you ever want to find out how into superheroes I am. Um, But I was talking and saying how in this water you're named, you're claimed, nothing undoes this, and it just hits me. I'm like, you know what happens here? You're changed. You basically have a superpower. And this little boy's eyes went like this. Like, I knew it! I knew I had a superpower! And I was like, in this... Unlike uh, common superpowers, this never goes away. Kryptonite, a villain, none of that can take this away. You are marked, named, claimed. Nothing undoes that. You are never alone. You have been given 
this love, this mark, this identity as a person of God, and God is going to use you to change the world for good, in love, in mercy, and forgiveness. And this kid's like, right? I loved his enthusiasm, and I'm a little biased. I like enthusiasm. But have we ever thought of baptism as really setting us free, unleashing us to be the people of God? Did you know that what happened here, even if you don't remember it, never goes away? It doesn't matter if you make a mistake. It doesn't matter if you transgress. You struggle with your faith. You have been marked. You have been named. You have been claimed. You've been set free, unleashed to be a person of peace, of restoration, of healing, and of hope. That's a powerful thing. And I told this little guy, same thing I'll tell you. That makes you mighty. That makes you mighty. That's actually in our words of affirmation of baptism. That we inherit this thing. We are heirs to the one who formed the cosmos, has named us and marked us, set us apart for the purpose of blessing the world. Better than any superpower I've heard about in any movie or comic book, nothing undoes it. Martin Luther, the namesake for this tradition, right? He was, whenever he was really afflicted or down, he would say, I am baptized. I am baptized, he'd say. Because he recognized that that gift was transformative. No matter how bad things were, one thing remained certain for him. I am baptized, marked, named. The one who formed the cosmos is with me. I ask, are we aware that we possess such power? Does our baptism live as a gift within us? Because brothers and sisters, you are mighty. I asked before you guys come up here and take part in communion and maybe you remember your baptism. I ask you to remember in this new year, what is the characteristic of your baptism that you want to take from this? What characteristics, maybe more pointedly, do you want people to say about you when they see you? Would it be a characteristic defined by a certainty around the promise that all has been made well, death has been defeated, A character, perhaps, you want people to see in you that is defined by baptismal assurance. You are a child of God, meant to serve the world, made in God's image to bless the world. We be recognized by people around you for your boldness of faith, for your courage, for your enduring nature of love, which is the identity of our God, which is the identity we bear that's marked us. Can we bring into the world what we already possess? Something we may not know that we possess, but something that should give us daring confidence because we are motivated, blessed, sent, charged. I would ask, you know the little song, let this little light of mine, right? You know the song. How do we let that light shine? Because the moment Jesus was baptized was the beginning of his ministry, the beginning of this continued legacy that we live into today, a legacy of love, a legacy of grace, a legacy of mercy, forgiveness, welcome, hospitality, daring and enduring faith. Today, as you remember your baptism, what legacy will you carry on going forward? A legacy of love, 
a legacy of compassion and healing, a ministry of accompaniment, of assurance, of grace. Because you have all those things, all of them, given to you freely as a gift right now. So how are we going to let that light shine to the whole world? Amen.